Ride With Us, presented by Ace, the American Coaster Enthusiasts. Hi, this is David Brown. I'd like to say happy holidays to all the Ace members and have a great new year. Hey, everybody. This is Mike Graham from the Gravity Group wishing you a very happy holidays. For those in the south, keep riding, and those in the north, uh, I guess we have to wait till coaster season starts again, except for those little indoor kitty coasters. Have a great season. Bye. Everybody, this is Ricky Cooper from Ace Mid-Atlantic. We're here with Mr. Novak, the one and only, wishing everybody a Merry Christmas, a happy holiday, and get out and go to that park. You think you're going to be there an hour, and you'll look, and it's four hours later. Trust me, I know. Merry Christmas. Welcome to Ride With Us. Ride With Us. Presented by the American Coaster Enthusiasts, a group of super fans with a mission to appreciate, promote, and preserve roller coasters around the globe. Around the globe. It's time to keep your hands and feet inside the podcast at all times. Here's your hosts, Clint Novak and Chris Roberry. Ride With Us, the American Coaster Enthusiasts podcast. My name is Clint Novak. And I'm Chris Roberry. How are you doing, Clint? I am I'm feeling extra joyful and uh, very festive. How about you? Uh, you know, uh, we're definitely getting into the holiday spirit down here in Texas. It's like 60 degrees outside, so that's definitely, <laughs> definitely December weather. You got to bundle up, huh? <laughs> oh, man, we got to put on the light jacket. Look out. Well, we have a great December episode for you guys today. We're going to be, uh, uh, we're going to have uh, Taylor from, uh, from uh, Coaster Studios on today. That's right. We're also going to be talking about those last-minute holiday gifts that you can get coaster enthusiasts in your life. And uh, if you need to add to your list a little bit, we got some stuff you might want to throw on there last minute, you know, because uh, we've got some great great stuff lined up for you. Also, uh, we're going to be talking with uh, Logan from Coaster Kids as well on this episode. Yeah, a little holiday extra for you in your stockings for this podcast. Really looking forward to hearing that later on in the show. It's going to be a great show, but first, let's get the Ace Event Roundup. This is Jay Jacobs of the South Central Region, and we hope you will join us on Saturday, January 4th, for our 39th annual Winterfest at Kima Boardwalk. The event includes speakers, door prizes, game show, lunch, and a ride wristband. For more information, check out acesouthcentral.org. On January 12th, 2020, it will be Riding in the Bold North, the winter edition. Join us for a fun-filled day at Nickelodeon Universe at the Mall of America. Now is the time to act like a kid again. Event will include morning ERT on a fairly odd coaster, a behind-the-scenes tour of Fly Over America, an all-day wristband to Nick Universe, and admission to the Crayola Experience with lunch provided. Get your tickets now at aceonline.org. Who is ready for no coaster con at the Hyatt Place O'Hare Airport in Illinois? You must register online before January 6th if you want to be part of this event. The event includes lunch and speakers from all over the industry. Also, don't forget to sign up for Whirly Ball the day after. All the information for this and all of the ACE events can be found at aceonline.org. Do you want to take a behind-the-scenes look at Pantheon's construction at Bush Gardens Williamsburg firsthand? Then come out for ACE Mid-Atlantic's Jeep Resist Winter on Saturday, January 25th, where we're heading out to the construction site, as well as enjoying a day filled with speakers from Premier Rides, Six Flags America, and of course, Bush Gardens Williamsburg, and lots more. Come out and make it a weekend in the Mid-Atlantic, January 25th and 26th. 
And remember, for a complete listing of events near you, all you have to do is go to aceonline.org. And, uh, you know, we got some off-season events that I'm really looking forward to. I'm doing everything I can. I'm bending all the rules, and I'm going to try to go to uh, East Coaster up at uh, Hershey Park. I I absolutely love that off-season event. Well, for a lot of those folks who maybe not may not know, what exactly are some of these like so-called off-season events that Ace holds? Uh, well, uh, it is they are events that uh, you get to totally nerd out with uh, professionals in the industry. But there's no roller coaster riding because it's January and February. So uh, usually it's in places that are cold, like Chicago, Bush Gardens, Williamsburg, Hershey Park. I know East Coaster, uh, you st- you could stay at the Hershey Lodge and uh, nerd out in the hot tubs at night uh, with all the other uh, coaster enthusiasts talking about all sorts of crazy stuff. But during the event itself, uh, they have a lot of stuff like a bake sale. They have a silent auction of coaster parts and stuff like that. That's really cool. And you have professionals that just keep coming up and talking about stuff that's going on at their park. So maybe like Six Flags Great Adventure will come up and share all the information for all the Six Flags parks. Um, some of that stuff sometimes isn't very new uh, information, but then sometimes you have like Legoland coming in and announcing all the stuff that they're doing, and that's super exciting. And last year, they had the uh, the uh, people from the Nickelodeon universe that's being built up in New Jersey that really got, they broke a lot of uh, interesting news there, uh, all the uh, ray, ride names and stuff like that they talked about, uh, where before that wasn't uh, previously released. So really fun event, and uh, just a great way to really get together, network, and chat with other coaster enthusiasts and really share the passion. Not to mention, it's a great way to pass the winter because for a lot of folks who are listening to the podcast, it's probably below freezing or at least getting pretty close to that and and riding coasters in freezing temperatures, not necessarily the most ideal conditions. But like you said, you get a chance to see and preview exactly what's going to be happening in the industry in the next year. I'll be honest, I've been to a few of these events. It gets you amped up. Yeah, even though you may not be able to be ride any rides, you're ready to go. You know, it's really cool. Yeah, and, and oftentimes, uh, depending on where it is, like at Hershey Park, they'll do some off uh, or uh, like off season uh, park tours and things like that of different areas that you wouldn't typically get to go into. And with uh, you know Jeepers, it's winter at Bush Gardens. I'm sure they're going to have some fun stuff there. I know that's my Mid Atlantic event, and I'm not going to be able to go because I'm going to be on a cruise. Ah. Oh. Shed a tear as you're on a tropical and, oasis. And, and evidently, uh, I'm not important enough to replan and reshoot the whole thing. So it's like, uh, <laughs> no, they're going to just continue on without me. But uh, yeah, I, I'm really bummed I won't get to go to Jeepers It's Winter. Last year, Funland of Fredericksburg was the host park for that. So we got to have a lot of fun with that. And I know I'm looking forward to going to Winterfest, which this year is going to be held at Kima Boardwalk down in Galveston, Texas. So the weather will still be conducive to riding. But we'll be seeing a lot of cool things from all of the different local. I say local, but it's, you know, 10 hour drive for some people parks in and around Texas and the south central region of Ace. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what they've got to offer here in 2020. Yes. And, uh, you know. Last uh, last oh, what was it? The last week, uh, I had a chance to uh, check in with the Ace event over at uh, Winterfest at Kings Dominion, and I uh, had a chance to check out uh, everything that was going on there. And boy, did everybody have a great time with that! I only participated in cookies and cocoa because, well, I'm Clint Novak, and when there's cookies <laughs> and cocoa in the title, I show up. So uh, I, w- I actually had to work that day, but I did show up uh, a little bit and had a chance to check in with everybody, and everybody was just having a blast. A great turnout for the event 
And uh, what a great holiday event the park does in general, not just uh, for Ace uh, for that day, but uh, Winterfest in general has just been an amazing event that they've been able to uh, now get in its second year. And you've seen that across the country now. You've seen a lot of parks that maybe traditionally wouldn't have been open past, say, Halloween or even Thanksgiving. And you're seeing a lot more parks be open there. And it's really taken off, so to speak. You see parks like Kings Island, Carowinds. Of course, you've got like the California parks. But even the parks in Northern California traditionally had been closed during that time. And so long as it's not raining or snowing in some cases, then, yeah, it's really cool. Pardon the pun. To be able to be out there in the winter checking out, while it's usually a limited ride assortment because you got to put rides down for maintenance or certain temperatures rides can't operate, boy, it's really something to see the park transform from the landscape of Halloween to that winter wonderland that is the holiday season. And Six Flags pulled something off interesting recently, and they actually had folks riding their roller coasters in summer gear in the winter. And I'm just curious, <laughs> that's something you'd be down for, Clint? Well, okay. So I'm originally from Minnesota. So uh, I, I, I have that, you know, Midwest thick skin where I don't uh, I, I don't get as cold as others do. I also used to downhill ski all the time. And uh, okay, I'm going to go off topic here a little bit, Chris. I hope you don't mind. No, not uh, at all. In Minnesota, they don't close school because of snow, or at least when I was a kid, they didn't. They closed it because it got too cold. So it was going to be 35 <laughs> below zero when you're standing at the bus stop, there wasn't going to be school that day. You, they would close school because it was too cold to stand at the bus stop. Well, that meant that was a ski day for us, you know, so we would go skiing that day instead of uh, sitting around the house. And uh, one night we were skiing and they had closed schools for the next day. And it was like 30 something below zero with a Ugh. wind chill of negative a million, you know, who knows what it was. Yeah. Who, at and that I point, decided, it matter. <laughs> and I exactly. And I decided in all of my wisdom to celebrate that I don't have to go to school the next day. I went I, the ski lodge was at the top of the hill. I went down the hill in my boxers. What? Yes. And uh, what? I, that was a great idea until I realized I have to sit on the chairlift in my boxers for another seven minutes to get to my clothes <laughs> at the top of the hill because nobody brought my clothes with me. So, uh, yeah, but uh, I definitely think uh, I, I could have I could have taken on the Six Flags uh, Polar Coaster Challenge at any of the parks. I could have pulled it off. Well, go feel free to do that because, boy, down here in Texas, when you're when they even say that there might be a slight accumulation of snow, there's a run on bread. There's a run on milk. There's a run on like the whole grocery stores look like there was a hurricane. And we're in Dallas. There's no hurricanes that are going to be hitting here anytime soon. So, yep, it's the just same funny thing in Virginia. It's the uh, bread, milk, toilet paper fiasco where well, all of that will disappear paper. out of the storage, which it does not make any sense to me why those are the three things that you're going to be missing uh, when, when it's going to snow. But there you go. You know, people need their, you know, bread soaked, uh, their, their milk, uh, you know, their bread soaked in milk. That's what they need for their substance during snowstorms. Yeah, and we won't have to mention the whole reason of why you need toilet paper. So, <laughs> toilet paper, I can understand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, I, I really love the holiday events. You know, I got a chance to go to Six Flags America this year and check out their event. Not as good as uh, places like Six Flags Great Adventure, but that's because, you know, I'm sure they don't get the uh, same budget, you know, they have budget restraints when it comes to what they can do. But still, a great event. Uh, Kings Dominion's my home park. I've been to Winterfest seven times now, I think. 
and uh, went to Bush Gardens uh, Christmas Town once so far, and I really enjoy the fact that we got another another season uh, to enjoy the parks. So now it's really, you know, for me, it's just January, February, and part of March, and the parks are back open again. Yeah, I had a chance recently to head up to Silver Dollar City in Branson, Missouri, and for an old time Christmas, and my goodness, was I blown away! Something like seven and a half million lights, and it just the whole park just sparkled. It was just one of the most spectacular sights I've ever seen. If you get a chance, by all means, head out there. It's a great holiday event. Oh, by the way, they also have some pretty amazing roller coasters there as well. That they do. That they do. Uh, one one place I miss going to is Dollywood. Uh, we used to go, uh, you know, once a year for Christmas, you know, like seven years ago. And it wasn't just Dollywood that did a really good job, but the whole town really got into the Christmas spirit. So there would always be things like driving through Pigeon Forge uh, that they do these big Christmas displays. And it really, I just enjoyed the fact that everybody got into the spirit and, uh, and you know, they were able, I, I think really Dollywood and maybe Silver, uh, Silver Dollar City were the first to really squeeze in an extra season uh, out of the calendar and, and really the pioneers for it. I know Cedar Fair tried it years and years ago with Winterfest and it didn't take off. Uh, but now they have several parks, including Canada's Wonderland. How can Canada's Wonderland do a winter winter fest? That seems miserable to me. Well, I guess maybe it's, you know, they're kind of bred that same way as the, you, you Minnesotans are. So, you know, don't you know? Why don't you just go ahead and uh, get out there in the snow there, eh? And uh, have some fun, play on the pond hockey and, uh, you know, a bunch of hosers. Wow. How, how was really? that? That was pretty decent, right? Don't go down to the Tim Hortons there, eh? That was terrible that was awful <laughs> my my relatives would be upset with you <laughs> i look i look forward to your letters don't you know eh yeah. <laughs> awesome awesome well uh we got uh, some gift giving suggestions coming up but first we uh, uh had a chance to talk to uh taylor bybee from coaster studios and let me tell you this guy is an amazing guy isn't he you know, he's he's a character, first of all. I, that, I think that comes across in his video channel. But boy, in person, Taylor's just a, a hoot to hang out with. So yeah, he, we had a chance to hang out with him at IAPA. Yeah, he is a, a lot of fun. I actually, when we were down at IAPA, uh, I hung out with him at Six Flags. Or excuse me, not Six Flags. I hung out with him at SeaWorld. And he talked me in to going on Infinity Falls when it was only 50 degrees in Florida. 50 degrees! And he talked me into going into Infinity Falls. The video is on his uh, YouTube page. I also had a chance to uh, play some uh, top golf with him uh, as well, where we uh, hung out one night and played some top golf. And I'm, I'm fortunate enough that, uh, uh, you know, he his home park is also Kings Dominion, so we get, uh, uh, we oftentimes we get to run into each other and hang out. And uh, just a really great guy. I know he has a lot of fans out there that he loves so if you ever see him at the park definitely go up to him say hi uh and uh and yeah yeah so we had a chance to sit down with him at iapa talk about how he started his youtube channel uh why he does it and you know what really drives his passion for the amusement industry check it out well we are live here on the iapa show floor and i am joined by the great taylor by taylor how are you Chris, I'm doing fantastic. Orlando, Florida, it is very warm out here, and the rest of the country is freezing, so that's a good day for me. No kidding. Although it was freezing earlier, well, freezing by Florida standards, like 50 degrees. 50 degrees, yeah. So tell me, what are you on the show for? for? What brings you here to Orlando? Well, this is only my second time here at IAPA, and for me personally, a big part of it is networking. I love 
meeting all the people that make this industry what it is. And frankly, before I came to IAPA, I didn't really have too much of that experience. You know, I, I see people here and there. You know, when you go to all these parks, a lot of you start seeing familiar faces, and a lot of them were enthusiasts. Some people worked at the park, but then once you start coming to IAPA, you start meeting meeting the people who make the rides. And I mean, that's what's so great about IAPA is every little part that makes up an amusement park. Like some of these things you don't ever think about, but every company is represented here. So a lot of it for me is networking and meeting those people. Yeah, you really don't think about how many different vendors are needed to be able to run a park. Like, oh no, there's the people that create the ticket software. Or, hey, if you need to have an employee software for checking in and getting your you know folks ready, that's all right here and all under one roof. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. And I've had a amazing experience just meeting all of these different people and then that makes it a whole lot easier than for future times when you come to IAPA because then you are then building upon those relationships with people you've already met and then they introduce you to you and say hey hey have you met this person and there's a whole lot of that because now this is my second year I can be like to one of my friends who is his first year like hey have you met this person and now I am almost in that role now where I'm I'm introducing people because there were people who were like that for me last year, which was my first year. So they were introducing me to everyone. And so it's kind of cool how, how that happens. Yeah, it's really organic, isn't it? That all of a sudden you go from just this guy off the street who just comes to the show thinking, all right, well, let's, you know, try and get some cool footage and get some interviews. And all of a sudden now you're making these requests and people for others. I, I love it here. It's, it's something that I think that now that I know what happens here every November, I'm hooked for life, and if I don't go, then I will know what I'm missing out on. So I'll, I'll probably be here every year if I can. Absolutely. So how sore are your feet right now? Pre pretty sore. Been standing most of the day. I actually, right before here, checked my step count, and it wasn't as high as I expected. It was like 7,000 or something. And so I was like, I was trying to think why my feet hurt so much. It's because I realized maybe... You know, we are doing a lot of walking, but a lot of it is just standing in one spot and talking. You aren't necessarily walking and talking, but you are walking from one booth to another. Everyone always says, what is 10,000? 10, 10 miles of aisles. 10 miles of aisles. So anytime you, you stop and talk to someone, I mean, I don't know, you're not sitting. There's, I think there's not a lot of seats in this convention center, period. No, and the seats are really reserved for the folks who are spending the millions of dollars on these new rides and attractions. Not necessarily... For folks just wanting to see all the cool stuff that's out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I will say it's it's one of those things that I don't mind it because uh, I love it, but also it's going to be a good night's sleep tonight. <laughs> no kidding. I just, you hit the sheets and that you're out. One, two, three, you ring the bell. So tell us a little bit about who Taylor Bybee is and how did you get into parks and how did you start up your YouTube channel for folks who may not know that your channel's out there? So I've always had a fascination for roller coasters. When I was in elementary school, we had the Scholastic Book Fair, and it was uh, nothing special or anything, but I had the opportunity to get this roller coaster book because I was like, Mom, this looks cool. And she was like, all right, it's $5, so we got it. And it had all these pictures of these cool roller coasters, and in it, there was this ride that looked so cool. It's called Dueling Dragons. And I'm like, that looks so cool. I want to ride that. And they're like, Taylor you won't even ride like the kitty coasters or whatever. I'm like, no, no, this ride looks cool. And so uh, when I was in seventh grade, my 
relatives surprised us with a trip to Disney World. I had never been. I had been to Disneyland when I was like six years old, but um, I, I kind of grew up in a situation where we, we didn't exactly have a lot of money to travel to really far away locations or anything. So going to Florida is a really big deal for us. And so that's why our relatives, they, they really brought us in. They said, we're going to take care of you guys. We're going to go to Disney World. And it was just the most amazing experience. But they said, you can pick what you want to do in Florida. And I said, Okay, hold on. I remember this ride called Dueling Dragons. I want to go do that. And also, I love Harry Potter. And then the fact that they were in the same park, I was like, well, this, this is convenient. So uh, I went and I did that. And I, I said that, that was the ride that got me into coasters. And then Hulk was the one that got me hooked, where now I'm like, okay, I, I want to do more. So meanwhile, in the time that all that's been going on, I loved making home movies. Uh, every summer, I'd get pretty bored. I didn't really have anything to do because school wasn't going on. And so my mom said, well, here's this crappy digital camera I have. Why don't you go film your sister and we'll just and put it together. And so I always say I never stopped making home movies because now I'm doing it full time. So I just kind of put two and two together. I had that passion for roller coasters. And I loved making these home movies. So it was just kind of common sense to put it up on YouTube and see what happened. And like anyone starting up anything, you don't really get it right the first time. So it was it was a rough start. I started Coaster Studios when I was a freshman in high school. It actually started off as the Coaster Guy 14. <laughs> there was no meaning behind that at all. I had no intentions of actually posting anything when I made that name, but I quickly switched over to Coaster Studios because I like filming things. I'm actually a film major right now. And so I was like, Coaster Studios, it's like my own film studio, but for roller coasters. So that's kind of how the name came about. That makes sense. And I just, kept on posting and I guess people liked what I did because now I'm about 150,000 subscribers which wow. blows my mind and I'm so grateful for everyone that's followed the channel and has supported me in any way because there's no way I ever expected to reach this point. At what point did you realize, wait a minute, this is really catching on? I don't know exactly what moment there was because for me it was just keep on building and building. I remember the first comment I ever got. It was on my first video, which was Silver Dollar City versus Dollywood. Ooh, which should you go to? <laughs> I had never been to either. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was like, I'm going to make this video. And, and the first comment I got was, very cool. Would love to see more. And from that moment, I'm like, oh my gosh, someone wants to see more? I'm going to do it. <laughs> So I don't even know if that guy still follows me. So anyways, I kept on building up my portfolio of different topics that I did because I don't know, I've always said that my channel is kind of a little bit of everything. There's lots of variety to it. I, I think people like that about it because when I really started, most roller coaster YouTube channels were just point of view videos or, mm -hmm. or off rides. And those are great and that they have their audience. But I was like, you know, I, I feel like we could be doing a bit more here. Like, I don't know. I, I want something a bit more creative, you know? And so uh, that's how I kind of start up the different topics. And I think that's what, at the end of the day, people were looking for. They wanted something new and up and coming. And, and I, I had these ideas that no one else was doing. And so I think that's why the channel caught on. The time I realized that you were making a huge impact on the industry, working at Six Flags Over Texas, and I was going through our YouTube comments, and on the Titan video, I get a comment that says, Titan is Illuminati. Oh my God. And I'm just like, I saw that in a coaster parody video on Coaster Studios. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, it, 
It absolutely blows my mind whenever I hear anything. Anytime I hear someone say, should have gotten a B&M, I'm like, wow, okay, here we go. Tell me a little bit about, and this is the one I think really caught my eye initially, uh, which is your parodies. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about those. How did those come about? And how have some of the parks received them? Sure. Well, I mean, that's a great question because I've always had this motto that you should be at the point where it's, it's okay to make fun of ourselves. Look, we're, we're in this industry to have fun, okay? Not everything has to be all serious all the time. And there's these jokes that people make in the industry. And I was like, I'm going to kind of put this together into a satirical video format. Look, it's all fun and games. Like, yeah. we're poking fun of it, but I mean, hey, don't take it so seriously. I mean, there's, there's a parody of me out there that I did. And so if you can't make fun of yourself, then I, I think there's something wrong here. So anyways, uh, I, I had this idea for just making a, a kind of comedic video. And th that eventually became my most popular segment, which is the coaster parodies. To this day, there's probably 70 or so out there online. And, you know, they've slowly started to get more and more elaborate. You know, the first one started out maybe two minutes long. And now each one averages eight or nine minutes or so and as I'm studying film I've learned so much that now they're starting to get a higher production value to now where I'm pouring a bit more money into these to make them turn out better and actually getting people who can act and not just act asking random people to hey do you want to be in this video yeah, I was about to say so how much of your immediate friends and family made up that whole cast for the first couple of videos. <laughs> Almost all of them. <laughs> so for that reason, now I'm, I'm running out of people to put in parodies. I mean, as I go on throughout my life, I meet new people. And so that's always one of the things that it may seem kind of weird, but as I meet someone, I'm like, I wonder if I'm going to ever put them in a video. <laughs> so, or I meet someone and they're like, yeah, I love acting. I'm like, all right, mental note. Let's, let's see uh, where this goes. So yeah, that's kind of, I think one of the key things that you can find in the parodies is there's always this cutaway scene that typically at the end of the day is what makes you remember the scenes and sometimes there'll be references to pop culture like in the wildfire parody there's this bachelorette scene where it's like okay this person has a season pass they can only give it to the best coaster in Europe who is it going to be and it's all these guys and it's this attractive girl and she's trying to narrow it down so like stuff like that I think of myself as a cre pretty creative person, and so I love coming up with these ideas that are just so random, but like when you put it together, it's pretty funny. All right, so talking about random, why do all the park people not wear pants? <laughs> so that's a great Inquiring question. Inquiring minds kind of want to know. Honestly, I don't remember how it started. I think I just started filming someone. We're like, all right, let's have a... He was, uh, I think, wearing a suit top and he's sitting at a desk. And so then, like, the last gag was he stands up and you see he's not wearing pants. And right. so, I don't know if the intention was to make it seem like park people are, like, buffoons or, like, what it is. I, I don't exactly remember, frankly. But then it just became a running gag mm -hmm. that everyone in the parodies that works at a park never wears pants. So that's why all the different scenes, they, they look super nice up front. And then there's a wide shot. If you see them, that they're just wearing like shorts or something. I don't know. It's just really funny. <laughs> and I, I just have to point out because we're here in the IAPA booth right now with Ace and we have the great Sherry Armstrong, our Ace treasurer, just sitting right over there. Her eyes are just like wide as saucers. <laughs> like these people aren't wearing pants. <laughs> 
why is he interviewing him? I don't understand. <laughs> it's okay, Sherry. Everything's cool. It's all PG. Don't worry. Everything's fine. You know, and that's that's a great point that you bring up. One thing that I have strived to do with my channel is make sure that it is fit for all audiences. You will not find any foul language in a single video or I try to keep things family friendly because I know that there are a lot of kids that'll be watching these videos. Amusement parks are meant for the full family and so I want to make sure that everything in there is, is good for anyone of all ages, all demographics. So you're studying film, you're trying to bring up a higher production value to all your work. What inspires you to keep going on? Because doing videos like this, it's, it's hard work. It's not just like, hey, throw something together and that's it. You're really having to think about what you're doing. What keeps you going? Oh, sure. I, it is a lot of work, frankly. There's been a lot of really long late nights. Uh, it's common that I'll be working on something till maybe three in the morning. But what it is, I don't know, it might sound cliche, but it is the people who watch my videos. Anytime I receive a positive comment, someone says, that was awesome, really enjoyed it. Or I, I meet a fan and they just tell me what their videos did for them in their lives. Like I've met people that say they met their best friend or or their current significant other because of me. Like it just brought them together. I'm like, what? It just, it blows my mind. But I have met several people where that is the case. And so frankly, that's what keeps me going is I think about those people that, and, and what it does and, and all of those people are of all different ages all around the world and maybe they work for a park, maybe they're just a casual fan, maybe they're a diehard coaster enthusiast, it doesn't matter. Some, If anyone can just watch one of my videos, just get a little bit of enjoyment out of it. I don't expect most people to have this channel change their lives. Really, it's just there for entertainment purposes or maybe educational reasons, but for the people that it does impact them in some significant way, that is what keeps me going. No, it's awesome to hear, and that's really, I think, where we're seeing the whole YouTube audience go. It's not just, hey, let's throw up a POV or, hey, let's just do some off-ride. Let's do something that's really enjoyable and something that people are really going to like. And that's great to hear. And does that also mean that Coaster Studios dating is on the way? Hopefully not. Okay, that's a good call. <laughs> when you're out at a park, are you looking at it through your lens or are you looking at it through, you know, your, your eyes? Or is it even possible anymore to separate the two? That's a great question. It's a little bit of both. Anytime I go to a park without my camera, I'll be walking around and I'll just be like, oh man, I wish I had it. Cause like, this would be a great shot. So I always have an eye for getting that right kind of angle. And anytime I do have my camera and I, I see one of those, I immediately pull it out and get it because I know that if I don't, I will regret it later or anything. One thing I've really learned to appreciate is lighting and the different skies that you get. So I may be at a park for the first time and I really want to ride this ride. But if the lighting is really good, I'm not going to go and hop on this ride because I have to get some footage because I know that, that lighting is not going to last. And I've learned my lesson because I've said moments where I'm like, you know what? It's going to be blue skies and gorgeous all day. I'll just wait. And then sure enough, Mother Nature's like, psych, we're going gray skies and rain. And then I go to get my footage. I'm like, well, this sucks. So it is definitely a combination of the two. Yep. Here comes golden hour and it's gone. <laughs> I can totally vouch for that too. I've gone to parks sometimes where I don't ride anything and I'll just go out there and just take photos. So full disclosure, nerd alert, but there's something about that chase, right? To get that perfect shot. And 
man, it's just there's it's almost as good as an adrenaline rush sometimes of getting that perfect shot than it is sometimes waiting for that ride. Frankly, when I go back and think about certain days I've had at a park, a lot of the ways I remember that day is through the footage I have because especially as I'm making these videos, I'll reuse old shots that I have. And so because of that, uh, I'll go back and I'll be like, oh man, that was a great day. That's when I got this shot. And, and I genuinely enjoy that. So for me, it's definitely not about the rides. Uh, I mean, when you go to a park for the first time, it's like nothing else. And you absolutely enjoy uh, getting all of those uh, new, new coaster credits, experiencing all the new rides. However, when you start going for repeat visits and uh, you're trying to mix things up a bit, that's when uh, you almost start focusing, at least for me, maybe more on uh, getting good shots of everything, whether it's photos or video. Mm -hmm. What's your process when you're going through thinking about a video? How do you start with it? Do you start with just raw footage and then the idea comes from that? Or do you go in with an idea and say, okay, this is the footage that I need to capture as a result? Most of the time it's the second one. So I try to have a schedule of what I'm gonna upload on what day and I like to mix things up a bit so I'm not all just posting certain video of one type consistently. I like to keep things different and so I will say, all right, I'm gonna make this video. I'll load all of my raw unedited footage in there and this is a lot of the times footage I've already edited and re-edited multiple times but I may just do something slightly different with it for a certain type of video and then I'll go through I'll maybe record all the audio I need cut that up put in the right shots for what I think works best if it is a video that has a higher production value then there's it's a whole different process like the parodies I don't think people realize how long it takes to make one of those there's a reason why I only make maybe a dozen a year it's because only a dozen I know I know or or so, or less or less Chris it, <laughs> yeah. it, it sometimes yeah, is less <laughs> <laughs> but just that's crazy to think that over you know at least once a month that's the plan that's yeah insane and yeah if anybody's done video work you know it's not just hey let's bang this out in one day yeah especially with your work now it's this takes a lot of planning. Mm -hmm. So typically the scripts are what I start working on first or or really it's just the idea. I'll say, all right, uh, these are the different rides that I had in mind. I'll jot down some notes about each ride, whatever. I have a lot of material of ours. So I'll, I'll start forming the scripts and these scripts I do not all just write in one sitting. It'll be something that I let sit there and then I'll go back and edit it. And maybe one of the lines that I wrote few months ago, I look at now, I'm like, what was I thinking? I need to re redo this. And it's just, that's just a basic editing process for anyone who's, who's done a writing class or maybe written a novel or an article. From there, I then have hopefully everything hashed out so I know what I'm looking for. I then go shoot the scene, any other uh, shots that I may need from the park, hopefully I have it all. If the park is really far away and I can't get anymore, then uh, hopefully I have a good friend who has some footage that will let me borrow it. <laughs> and then I'll throw it in together. So a lot of these parodies, uh, it's a maybe nine month process just from the moment I start uh, thinking about it. What made you decide to become an ACE member? Frankly, a lot of it was the events. I wanted to meet people. When I became an ACE member, it was a moment when I didn't have a ton of friends in the industry. And I heard that there is this event going on at King's Dominion called Fall Thrill Fest where you can go and get exclusive ride time on 
Volcano and Intimidator 305. And these are rides I'd already ridden plenty of times, but I'm like, wow, I can just lap it over and over again. So I didn't go in expecting really a whole lot, but I knew that you had to be a member of a coaster club or, or uh, be a guest of someone in a coaster club. So I think that was my main introduction into it all. So those are the main events I started off at. I went to Fall Thrift Fest two or three times, which was great because that's where I got all my rollbacks on Volcano. So that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, rest in peace. Uh, yes, so sad. But that's also where I met some friends. And since then, I've gone to a lot more ACE events. And my absolute favorite is Hollywood Nights, which is really the absolute best event that you could possibly have at this amazing park, riding these amazing coasters. So I love that. But eventually, that, that's why I joined ACE was for the events. But I absolutely appreciate everything ACE has done. I have met so many great people from it that I can tell you, I mean, this is it's a quality organization, and that's why I will always support American Coaster Enthusiasts. If someone's on the fence thinking, you know what, maybe I should be an ACE member or not, what would you tell them to get them over the fence? I, I think, first of all, you should look at the calendar of ACE events and see if your home park has something going on, because that's where I got started. And it's not just about riding the rides. It's about all the people there, and that's where you can meet some great people. So especially if you're looking to talk coasters with someone, if you don't have anyone to talk about roller coasters with, this is a great place to get started. So I'd say look at the calendar, see if your local park is doing a event. And if you want to go, this is the best club to get a pass for that will allow you to attend that event. And a lot of these parks most of them all support Ace, and they roll out the red carpet. They do awesome things for everyone, like backstage tours, buffets, you name it. I think those are all pretty good incentives, if you ask me. Absolutely. Earlier, you had talked about how you had looked at some of the videos on YouTube and said, I think they're kind of like two different categories. I want to do something different. For someone who's listening right now who thinks, you know, I really like making videos on YouTube, what would you say to them to help them differentiate themselves or to let them stand out compared to everybody else? Sure. I mean, the easiest answer to stand out and be different is to do just that. Be different. Don't do what other people are doing. There is an audience out there. There's so many amazing ideas that if you're doing something completely original and you get good at it, you perfect it. Again, remember, I did not do this right the first time I started. The first year of the channel was pretty hot trash. Like it was not good. <laughs> so for that reason, like that's where uh, diligence and the whole not giving up thing, like it sounds cheesy, but guys, it is 100% true. If you are that dedicated to it and this is something you love, come up with a unique idea, get good at it, and people will come to you because they will not be able to find that anywhere else. Taylor, I can't thank you enough for coming out here in the busy IAPA day and hanging out with us. If people want to find out more information about you, where can they go? You can search Coaster Studios on YouTube. Hopefully it'll be the first search result. You can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Coaster Studios. You can follow me on Instagram at Coaster underscore Studios. Also on Facebook, Snapchat, Discord, all that good stuff. If you, Actually, if you join the Discord, you can find a lot of other people who maybe are like you and love the channel, love theme parks. You can go and connect with them, and that's another great way you can meet people. Taylor, thank you so much, man. Have a great rest of your show. You too, Chris. Thank you. 
All right. Once again, if you want to check out his work, all you have to do is go to Coaster Studios' YouTube page, and that is Taylor Bybee. Uh, really happy to have him on the show. Uh, coming up, we're going to have an interview with Logan from Coaster Kids, who also has a YouTube channel that we want to talk about. But first, we got some holiday gift-giving ideas. And Chris, let me tell you, I am super excited about this list. And when we put together this list, and when I say we, I mean you, when you <laughs> put together this list, I actually went back and said, there's some things I need to add to my Christmas list that uh, <laughs> that I didn't uh, I didn't even think about. So let's well, talk about this. That's what uh, you know. Overnight delivery was made for, I think. So <laughs> uh, the first thing, if if you're listening and you're thinking, you know what, I really want some coaster merchandise, or I've got a, you know a friend or family member who's really into coasters, and I have no idea what to get them. Don't worry, we're here to help you out. So the first thing that we'd probably suggest merchandise from the actual companies. So Rocky Mountain Construction, really good about having their merchandise out there. You can get it relatively quickly. Uh, unfortunately, they're probably the only ones that actually have their own merchandise for sale. You know, unless you go to IAPA and you find some free giveaways out there, uh, you won't be able to find most people giving that stuff out. So just be advised, Rocky Mountain Construction is about the only one that has their merchandise available online. Anyone else, they're kind of using their logos and their stuff without their permission. So just, you know, be advised about something like that. Also, you can uh, you can make something. If you went to IAP and you grabbed enough GCI totes, you could actually make that into a shirt too. So That's very true, depending <laughs> on how many you got. How many times a, do you buy that? What a that nice boot? quilt that would be, right? <laughs> yeah, it would be a very nice quilt, actually. Uh, so, okay, that's one thing if you want like a T-shirt or a hat or something like that. But if you're looking for something that maybe would, you know, really special and that takes a little bit of time and, and effort, certainly effort to do, you could certainly take a new Coaster Dynamics and they sell three different types of things. They sell these things called nano coasters. They have actual working coaster models and they have just static coaster trains. Now, the nano coasters are the ones that you'll probably find more often than not now. And these are just their metal flat pieces of metal that you punch out with your your fingers. Thank you. Clint's holding one up. Of course, this isn't a visual <laughs> medium, but if you saw it, you'd be like, okay, that's what it is. But it's basically this single sheet of, you know, like aluminum that you punch out with your finger uh, very carefully, and it's all laser cut, and then you slowly bend it into this, you know, little mold, and it creates a scale model of whatever ride it is. So, for example... The newest ones I know that came out, there was an Iron Rattler one from Fiesta, Texas. Uh, Over Texas has the new Texas Giant and Titan that just came out. And they're really a cool addition to any desk or just any spot where you want to sort of put something that's really, really sharp looking. Um, yeah. They're also very sharp. So just, <laughs> they are, you know, they are very sharp. Be careful. No, yes. I have. Uh, I was just holding up my uh, Twisted Timbers model that I have, uh, which is a nano coaster. These are often things that you can find in the parks. So if you're going to Cedar Point or any Cedar Fair Park, a lot of them have have the uh, cutouts there. Uh, but also Coaster Dynamics got permission to sell some of them through their website, so you'll be able to find them there as well. And it really does. It's an affordable gift. They're usually in the like twenty dollar range, you know, high or low there. But uh, you know, they're, they're usually very affordable and uh it's a fun little project it's not complicated it's really easy to do i figured it out i got one so uh, uh so there's it, that. You know, it's not it's not going to be a working model it's definitely a static thing that just kind of sits on your desk but uh looks really cool absolutely and it's a great conversation starter i can't tell you the number of times i was at work uh, down here in arlington and people would come by my desk and say hey what's that 
oh, and then you have a great little story to talk about it too. Yep. So and if, again, you that's a, get in, if you want to get into a really expensive hobby, then uh, you can check out some of Coaster Dynamics, other things like their coaster models, which, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a lot of people have seen like the Kinex version of that, like at uh, Walmart and stuff. They have like a high end version of that where it, you can actually build working models of roller coasters. And uh, it's almost like, you know, kind of like a Lego set in a way that you can actually put multiple sets together to make bigger coasters and things as well. And uh, really, really fun to play around with for sure and it's also like a lego set and that it's going to set you back a little bit too yeah exactly so that's going to be definitely on the expensive end so if you're looking for a high-end gift for a coaster enthusiast that would definitely be it and uh, they also have uh, the uh, tra- car uh, coaster trains, which I'm, I'm sad that parks are not doing as much of uh, now. They kind of phase these out, but they're just static uh, trains of uh, some of, you know, like I have a Top Thrill Dragster train at my house and I believe uh, a Millennium Force train. I believe I have also have a Millennium Force train at my house. Nice. So you, you went all in on Intamin at Cedar Point, huh? Uh, actually there were gifts to me. So somebody was taking this list, uh, seriously, like five years ago. (laughs) And, uh, I was able to get, uh, two different coaster trains from Cedar Point. Nice. So again, that's uh, coaster dynamics. If you're interested in finding out more information about those. So you're thinking to yourself, Clint, you know what? I mean, I, models are fun and, and I've got enough t-shirts from all sorts of companies. You know, I need something a little bit, uh, classy, you know, something that's going to really make my room look special special or make my office have this certain theme to it. What, what can I possibly do? Well, you can also get artwork. In fact, there's a company called made to thrill and they offer these very unique, uh, almost like retro style travel posters themed after specific rides. And And they are really beautiful. Oh, yeah. So I got uh, two of them last year, and I haven't framed them and put them up yet, which is a shame. I couldn't even tell you which two I have. I think Fury and something else. But uh, they are really, really cool art pieces uh, that you can put up on your wall. And they have, I mean, they have, uh, (laughs) I'm looking through their thing right now. They have the back of a DeLorean, and it has the year 1991 Orlando, Florida on it. I love it. You know, uh, they have a Raptor in there, Top Thrill Dragster. You know, they have a Tron coaster. They have coasters from all the way. They've got uh, Alpenge- or uh, uh, Well, no, they also have, no, is it Alpengeist? No. Uh, they have uh, 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 Steel Vengeance from uh, Kennywood. They have uh, Big Bad Wolf. They have a lot of great coasters in here. Yeah, and then the best part is that it looks good no matter where you put it. So you don't even have to be a roller coaster fan to really appreciate that the artwork that goes into making these pieces, it really is beautiful. Yeah, definitely. I need to get mine framed and up on my wall because my walls are very bare here in my office. So uh, definitely something I need to look into. So the last thing you're thinking, well, you know, I I, I like all these things, Clint, and, and they sound like a lot of fun, but man, I'm trying to think of a way that maybe I can help support Ace. Well, guess what? You can do that too. Uh, The Ace Store online also has many different Ace-branded merchandise options available. In fact, I just got my new Ace Blue Polo, so I felt like I was part of the team there. I also got one of those Ace Christmas ornaments. So now every time I put up the tree, I can be reminded of all the great things with my Ace family. I mean, you name it, you can probably find it in the Ace Store. So if you're a new Ace member or you're thinking about being an Ace member and you want to sort of sport something cool about Ace – 
boy, the Ace Store is where to go. And the best part is that all the proceeds from the Ace Store go right back into the organization to help run it and make it as great as it is. And, and, and Chris kind of touched on this a little bit, but if you're not an Ace member and you're looking for a gift, being an Ace member can be a gift as well. All they have to do is uh, sign you up for a membership. That's right. And just, again, visit that at aceonline.org and then just look for store or click on membership. And it'll take you exactly where you need to go. So those are some amazing holiday gift-giving ideas. Uh, all you have to do is uh, check out the comments of the podcast. Uh, we will have all of those places listed in there. So if you're looking for a place to get some holiday gifts for that special coaster someone, we've got you covered. So keeping with the festive spirit, Clint, I think we should give our listeners a bonus interview for this episode. What do you think? We'll gift wrap it and put it on a little bow. Awesome. So Clint had a chance recently to talk with Logan of Coaster Kids. Now, if you've never heard of them before, they are a really unique group that has helped hundreds of thousands of people. Is that about right? Uh, if not, it's in the millions. You know, you never not, know who they've touched. But I know one thing. When you're going around the amusement parks, you see their shirts everywhere. The Coaster I, Kids the shirts are everywhere. All the time. And you've been probably asking yourself, what what is this Coaster Kids? Well, Clint's going to lay it on you. Uh, my guest today is an ACE member who's been a fan of roller coasters since he was seven years old. And over the past seven years has been the spokesperson person for a Coaster Kids, a YouTube channel that encourages people of all ages to face their fears. As does everything, time has flown by and Logan is no longer a, quote, kid. So what does that mean for the Coaster Kids? Well, today I got Logan with me. How you doing, Logan? I'm doing absolutely great. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's start all the way back at the beginning. What got you into roller coasters? Why roller coasters? As you probably know, I was diagnosed with autism when I was three, meaning I was scared of like loud noises, fast moving things, crowds. I was basically afraid of anything that was like unpredictable. And I have no clue why, but I stumbled upon roller coaster POV videos when I was around like six or seven and I would just watch them for hours. And I was just always fascinated by like how they worked. And I didn't really understand this when I was seven, but they do the same thing every time they move in the same direction every single ride. So they're basically the only one of the only things you can do in public that's absolutely predictable you started watching youtube videos and videos of roller coasters at seven years old had you been on a roller coaster at that point well i have ridden a kiddie coaster at king's island when i was three years old and two coasters in florida when i was seven but those absolutely petrified me but i didn't like confidently ride a roller coaster until i was nine years old wow so there was there was a little bit of a gap between you starting to watch the YouTube videos and to build up the courage really to go on your first roller coaster. Yeah. So the first time I went to Kings Island in like seven years or so was in 2013 with my family. And basically the only things I would ride were the carousel, the scrambler and dodging cars. And I would want to ride a roller coaster so bad, but I just couldn't build up the courage to do it. It was just absolutely like, are you insane? I'm not going on this thing. <laughs> so it just like took pretty much a year to build up the courage to finally go on one with full confidence. And, and what was that first coaster? That first coaster that got me into coasters was Flying Ace Aerial Chase at 
Kings Island, and I basically rode every coaster in Planet Snoopy that day, and that was one of the proudest days for me. And since then, uh, your coaster count has surpassed 500 now. Oh, yeah. I I reached 100 at some point in 2016, and then 200 and 300 in 2017, 400 in, in 2018, and my 500th coaster was in June of this year. And as of right now, I'm around 550 coasters or so. Wow, that you you have you have surpassed me. I don't get to get to travel as much as you do, so I'm in like uh, I'm in the upper three hundreds, lower four hundred, somewhere in that uh, in that realm. But uh, uh, wow, that that is just incredible. Now, since you uh, started riding roller coasters, you wanted to pass a message on to others, and not, and not really depending on age. It's kind of for everybody, and that is to really face your fears. And uh, that's when you started the uh, the YouTube channel and the uh, Be Brave Challenge, right? Well, when I started the YouTube channel, my only goal was to just share my passion with a, an audience and share my experiences at parks. And I was in Charlotte and Virginia going to Carowinds and Kings Dominion at some point in spring of 2015. And we've been getting emails that these videos have been really helping people overcome their fears. I was like, oh, I'm seeing something good come out of this. So at some point in 2016, I started the B-Rave Challenge, which is sort of self-explanatory. You just record a video of yourself doing something you're afraid of, and you send it in, and we'll feature you and celebrate you overcoming your fears. Wow. And uh, your YouTube channel has uh, has taken off. Uh, Coaster Kids has over 7 million views, uh, uh, very close to 30,000 uh, 30, subscribers. And there's not a park that I go to that I don't see somebody else wearing a Coaster Kids shirt. And I try to tell them I'm a Coaster Kid, too. And they just look at me like I'm crazy. So <laughs> what is it like uh, when you go to parks? And uh, let's say you go to a park and they don't know, uh, I'll say they, your fans don't know that you're going to be there. Uh, how excited do they get when they see you? Oh, they're, they're always extremely excited. And they're always like not too shy. Like most of them will want to be featured in a video or take a picture. They're not that afraid to like show that they're excited to see me. We're we're moving past coaster kids. Uh, you're growing older now. How old you're? You're 14 now. Yep. So teenager, you're not a kid anymore. What happens to coaster kids? So we're still gonna keep coaster kids because like coaster kids has helped like hundreds of families all around the world for the past five years. So like getting rid of that, a ton of families would be extremely upset. So. What we're doing is turning Coaster Kids into a nonprofit organization. It's basically a charity with a mission to celebrate the thrill and pride of kids overcoming fear together. That is a very, very, very neat and a very selfless way to uh, to uh, really turn something that is so personal to you and turn it over to, uh, you know, to all the kids, all your fans and everything. That's so, so cool. There, this is a nonprofit organization. That means there's a board and that means that there's other people who are going to be in charge. Do you get to stay affiliated with it? Oh yeah. I'm still going to stay involved in the coaster kids organization because I've basically been doing this 
for a really long time. So, and I just love helping kids overcome their fears. And the people in charge are basically the parents of kids that are most affected by coaster kids. So like Dane's mom is going to be in charge. Billy's mom from Atlanta Chase's dad from California and so on and so forth. So like if they're, when their kids grow up and move out, their parents will still be involved with the coaster kids organization because it affected their family so much. You turn over the Coaster Kids, it's going to be a nonprofit, and you uh, are moving on to a, a new venture for yourself, uh, which is uh, Thrills United. Tell us about that. So basically, on that same topic that I don't want Coaster Kids to go away, but I, I needed to make a change at some point. Like I started Coaster Kids when I was nine years old, and I started like Logan Screamscale, the LSS, the be brave and ride on coaster kids with a K and a K and all those things were cute when I was nine years old. But now that I'm in high school, I don't necessarily want to be known for that, but I still want to be involved in a community, just doing fun things together. So that's why I created thrills United and we're not leaving coasters behind at all. We're still going to go to parks and ride coasters together, but we want to do some other fun activities as well. Like my first video on Thursday United was bungee jumping off of a 240 foot bridge, <laughs> but we also have a video from Carowinds and Kings Island, but also like dead schoolhouse and USS nightmare, those two haunted houses and so on and so forth. You know, I, I do YouTube and I do podcasting and I did all of that well out of high school. You are now in high school how many people in your school know about what you do and, uh, and, and, and what do they think about it? When it comes to like people knowing me in school, my popularity really peaked in like seventh and eighth grade because that was when I was like more comfortable with people knowing about it. But like towards the end of eighth grade, I was kind of like eh, getting less comfortable with it. Not that many people in high school know for me about it now, but one in two years ago, that's basically when I was the most popular for my YouTube channel in school. You know, I, I have a, a YouTube channel I've been doing for over 10 years. Uh, we have, you know, 3,000 plus videos on there. And I do some pretty crazy stuff in some of these videos. Uh, one time for charity for Give Kids the World, I wore a dress on Shockwave. Uh, so I've done some crazy stuff. And there's no crazier feeling than working as a GM at an amusement park like Funland and then having one of the staff members come up and say, I just saw a YouTube video of you wearing a dress on a roller coaster. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that did happen. That is on the Internet, isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, I, could, I, I feel like that could be almost like uh, very similar in high school, like, uh, you know, oh, you know, you you have this popularity, you have this YouTube channel, uh, you go to amusement parks and people are running up to you to say hi. Uh, Thrills United, that's the next step. Tell us, where can we see, uh, where can we see Logan now? Where is Thrills United? Uh, give us the information. So you can find Thrills United on several social media platforms. My email, Logan at ThrillsUnited.com on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter and Snapchat as well, I believe. It's just 
Thrills United, no underscores or capitals or anything like that. What's on Logan's bucket list? What are some thrills that you haven't done yet that uh, you want to do in the next couple of years? I mean, I already went bungee jumping like last month, so that's off the list. But I really just want to do other thrilling stuff like skydiving, base jumping, whitewater rafting. And the sky is really the limit on what kind of exciting stuff to do. So like my bucket list will definitely like increase down the road. But that's basically where I'm at right now. And what about uh, your family? Do they follow you uh, off the cliff when you're base jumping or are they the ones pushing you off the cliff? I mean, it kind of depends. Like my dad has bungee jumped before and he said he wants to do it again once we go to the same bridge that I went last month. Not so sure about my mom or my sisters, although my sister Natalie did say she wants to skydive when she turns 18. So like some of them are kind of like that, but some of them are. What about uh, what about uh, the stratosphere in Vegas? Would you would you do the jump off that? Oh, yeah, I absolutely would. That seems amazing. I I kind of want to do some kind of a West Coast trip soon. So probably hit up the stratosphere and also Lagoon and Silverwood, but maybe also do the base jumping I mentioned before and also probably Angel's Landing, which I heard is like the scariest hike in the world. So that just seems like perfect for what I'm interested in right now. But I also want to hit up some coasters on that trip, like maybe go to the RMC factory in Idaho and just all all kinds of fun stuff and also Adventure Dome in Las Vegas. But yeah, I'd be totally down to jump off Stratosphere. The uh, Silverwood Amusement Park I went up to uh, this past uh, September, and man, it was incredible. I wish I had more time to spend while I was there because it's really just a unique place. And, and Idaho, northern Idaho, was just a beautiful place. And RMC, the factory, it's just so weird driving up to a building and seeing this, like, makeshift roller coaster just built right next to it uh, that, you know, just it, it, was, it was just so, so surreal. Uh, and uh, very hard to contain myself because, uh, you know, I'm a big nerd at heart, so I, I got really excited. But, uh, you know, I'm supposed to act all professional and everything because I was there for professional reasons. So, but, uh, yeah, that is, that's so cool. And, uh, you know, very jealous of all the traveling that you get to do. And I've been watching you, uh, you know, grow up over the last, uh, you know, three or four years now uh, with the uh, Coaster Kids uh, and, uh, you know, I know at, uh, at one point, uh, you reached out to us, uh, as a fan of, uh, of the podcasting and stuff that I was doing. And ever since then, I've been a fan of the stuff that you have been doing. So uh, I'm happy to call myself a coaster kid and I will continue wearing my t-shirts at the park. And, uh, I, I really look forward to, uh, seeing you, uh, on your, on your next trip out here. So really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you very much for your support. It really means a lot. All right. Once again, uh, it's uh, Logan. He is an ACE member, been an ACE member since he was nine years old. And you can check him out at uh, Thrills United. Uh, thank you very much, Logan, for taking the time out. And we'll uh, see you on the Midway. See you soon. My pleasure. Wow. That really, I mean, I didn't have a chance to look up what Coaster Kids was all about. Boy, I really feel like I want to support them now. This is, that's such a cool movement that he started. Yeah, and I think uh, I think it really shows a lot to his character, Logan, that he was able to take something, start it, run with it, and then he knew that the brand was, you know, he was outgrowing the brand, so he 
selflessly turns it into a nonprofit so they can run with it. And, uh, and he, he, he starts from scratch with his own YouTube page. That's not easy. You know, it's, you, you don't always hit, uh, you know, hit magic, uh, twice. So, uh, you know, congrats to him on that move. And I know he's still going to be part of coaster kids and Hey, I love my coaster coaster kids gear. I wear it as often as I can. And to think he's not even old enough to vote yet. And yet he's already, <laughs> he's changing the world. Same with, with Taylor. It's really, man, it's so great to see. And what a great way to end our holiday episode on such a high note. There you go. Yep. I, uh, you know, I'm very, very happy with uh, the gift giving ideas that we've discussed. I'm hoping some of them will be under my tree. I'm excited. And uh, thanks to uh, Taylor and Logan for, uh, for being on the show. It was, uh, it really made it a great special December episode. Absolutely. And we hope that you and your family have a wonderful holiday season as well. Hopefully we'll see you at one of the off-season events soon. And if not, we'll be seeing you on the rails, hopefully by about March or April. There you go. We want to thank all of the, uh, the entire ACE team that made this podcast possible. And if you like what you hear, send us a comment or give us a rating on your favorite streaming service. We'd love to see those numbers go up and let us know what you think. And by the way, if you send us an audio clip, you could hear it yourself on the podcast. And uh, Chris, how are they going to send us that audio clip? Well, you can send it to podcast at aceonline.org. That's podcast at aceonline.org. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys very much for listening. January is just around the corner, and we can't wait put, to put together another Ride With Us podcast. I'm Clint Novak. And I'm Chris Roberry. And we'll see you guys on the Midway. Ride With Us is volunteer produced by the American Coaster Enthusiasts. ACE is a registered 501c3 charitable organization founded for the preservation and enjoyment of roller coasters around the world. Visit aceonline.org for more information.